Hello, friends. You're listening to the Lincolnite Podcast with me, Ronnie Byrne. If you're listening on a podcast provider, please remember to hit subscribe and to leave us a review. But if you're listening on the Lincolnite website, you can find the links to your preferred podcast provider at the bottom of the page. This week, I had the opportunity to visit Massingbird Mundy Distillery on the South Ormsby Estate in the heart of the Lincolnshire Wolds. I met with master distiller, one-man operation, and all-round great guy, Tristan Jorgensen, to speak about the process, the history of the estate, and of course, the fantastic gin that the distillery produces. So friends, Tristan Jorgensen of Massingbird Mundy Distillery. So I'm joined by Tristan Jorgensen, or rather I'm joining Tristan Jorgensen, distillery manager and master distiller at Massingbird Monday Distillery. Sir, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well myself. I'm very well myself. It's a gorgeous day out. It's great to be here. I'm here because I've heard about a limited edition gin. Tell me more. Indeed. It's our um, second release of our uh, Oak Age gin. Mm. So um, we do things a little bit differently. I like to do things traditionally. Um, but I've drawn inspiration from the American moonshiners for this one. So what is the difference between this and a standard oak-aged gin? Um, so a lot of oak-aged gins that are on the market are cask-aged or barrel-aged, uh, whereas what we do is we use a 200-year-old oak tree mm. uh, grown on the estate for the last two centuries, and we then chip that down yes. um, and we add the chips to the gin rather than making a cask out of it and aging it that way. You say the tree came off this estate? Yep, yeah, absolutely. I can. I've got photographs of the tree being um, collected so it fell naturally in the wind um, and I've got pictures of the actual location uh, next to the hall so it's um, mm. yeah it's very very local. So you were doing a limited run of these bottles how many were you doing and how many do you have left? Um, so I did a hundred bottles mm. uh, and it was released a couple of weeks ago and there's currently just over 12 I think 12 bottles left um, so it's flying out. It's not bad, Tristan. It's not bad. So it's clearly popular. But you do have two other flagships. Tell me about those. Yeah, so um, as an estate, so Massingbird Monday uh, comes from the family name. So in 1638, uh, Sir Drain Massingbird first brought the estate. So when I was creating the brand, I drew upon that near 400-year history for our, for our two mm. main gins. So we've got our traditional London Dry that's named after Charles Burrell Massingbird. Um, and he's a very traditional London Dry full of juniper and citrus, mm. but also apples, elderflower and bay leaf that are grown on the estate. It's very British. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. quintessentially British. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then our pink gin. So Burrell's um, second wife was a French lady from the Kingdom of Versailles. Mm. Uh, started life off as Burrell's nanny to his daughter Harriet, um, but he ended up marrying her, and she's a very flamboyant, sassy lady. So I brought her back to life <laughs> in, in our pink gin, which again is a very traditional style. Mm. It breaks that stereotype of a pink gin. It's not artificially flavored and sweetened, um, and she's all about pink peppercorns. Her Biscuits, strawberries, raspberries, cranberries. Mm. Very summary. So you've been in this game for a while, and you mentioned to me prior to uh, prior to recording that you wanted to keep a traditional gin within the pink gin, which is quite a, I imagine, a difficult thing to do. You have a pink gin out in town at the moment. It's very sweet. It's almost sickly sweet. Some of them. Tell me what's different about this one. So essentially, all I've done is created a fruity 
traditional London dry style yeah. gin, um, but I can't call it London dry because we then go and color it. Right. Um, so it's as close to a traditional style gin as you can possibly get, uh, but I can't because of the color. So the backbone is still very juniper predominant, lots of lime, but then you've got that strawberry, raspberries, cranberries, hibiscus, pink peppercorn backbone that really kind of brings it out. People told me that you can't have a sweet and dry gin, um, but I beg to differ. They were full of it. They were full of it. And something that really interests me about the history is the portraits of the two people you just mentioned who basically inspired each gin in the back with the labeling. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so again, when I was designing the brand and I was talking to the designers and my marketing team, the, the portraits actually hang at South Ormsby Hall and, you know, they, they've been there for decades. And I just thought, how cool would it be to actually have those on the inside of the bottle? Uh, and I never thought it was possible to get a printed sticky side of a label um so yeah we've adapted burrows slightly by adding juniper to kind of pay homage to the the, the sheer pr amount of juniper that's in there mm. and then with the marijan we've added hibiscus because hibiscus is one of the most important botanicals uh, counteract counteracting all that sweetness in there it's fantastic it's some legacy a question i will ask you have about 12 bottles left of the limited edition will that if it does do well again in the future become one of the flagships because if it's selling it's selling people like it no absolutely it, it's my hope that mm. the oak aged will become a third permanent flagship product yes. um i've got an idea up my sleeve for names um so we're just working on the logistics because i'm going to need a lot of oak to permanently make it <laughs> um that shouldn't be a problem with our three thousand acre estate um but yeah it, hope fingers crossed 2023 we'll we'll have it permanently available it's going to be a good one will be a good one and i will ask we're here this is the distillery Talk me through. I'm looking at. I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's got columns. It's got a a big. Speak me through this. I, I'm no. I'm no distiller. I'm certainly not a master distiller. What am I looking at? Tell me about the process in how these bad boys are made. Okay, so in front of us here is Angelica, uh, named named after two reasons: uh, a very famous artist who did a lot of work for the estate called Angelica Kaufman, right. but also pay homage to one of the most important botanicals in gin, yes. Angelica Root. Um, she's a 120 liter copper pot still built in Serbia, but alongside her, we've also got two. Um, uh, nine plate columns mm. I had to think about that then um, two nine plate columns uh, which we'll talk about in a minute but um, so what we'll do here is we'll fill the still full of about 100 litres of 55% alcohol and to the still we'll add uh, 14 botanicals so like I said with burrows it's all about juniper citrus apples elderflower and mm. bay leaf with the addition of kubub is a very important one in there as well kubub is a member of the member of the black peppercorn family so it gives it some nice smoky spice I'm so glad you said that because I didn't have a damn idea <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody knows what kubub is it's just a fancy black peppercorn fair enough um, smells incredible nice. and then to that as well just above our condenser to the right we've got mm. a little chamber which is called a vapour infusion basket right. inside there within the basket I add six of those 14 botanicals as well so I'm flavouring the spirit in the still but I'm also flavouring the vapour um, in the basket as mm. it travels through so essentially ethanol boils at a lower temperature to water so around 78 degrees celsius so once it's heated up it's macerated overnight to extract all that flavor from the botanicals i then do the distillation wow and uh we've seen it coming out of a tube into some drums yep 
How does it get to that point? Is that the drinkable stuff for? No. Uh, so once it starts running, so after an hour after starting distillation, the distillate will still come start coming off the still. Mm. There's key really. There's three key real parts to that. Uh, there's the heads, the hearts, and the tails. Okay. So currently we're on the hearts here. I'm actually distilling barrels as we speak. Um, the heads for us is um, very, very small. We take about 500 mil of heads only because our suppliers of alcohol do the hard work mm. for us. They've removed all the nasty, yeah. nasty stuff. So our heads, like I said, it's 500 mil. We collect that to one side. And then for the next six and a half, seven hours, we collect what we call the hearts. Mm. That's the good stuff. It's essentially high proof, 83, right. 82% gin. Um, the flavors run from about 83% alcohol all the way down to 70. Yes. But for me as a distiller, the fun but fun part starts at about 73% because I can start dipping my finger in and trying it to keep an eye on that flavor because at some point between 73 and 70% the flavors will go from real nice citrus yes. fruity floral um, to really bitter yeah. burnt piney juniper citrus and although you want a little bit of that in your profile too much is going to ruin the gin yeah. so it's key that you keep trying it which I've is fun. Your, I've noticed your finger dabbing got to keep an eye on it so once the product that we're looking at is filtered into these drums through this little tube, what happens then? So once we finish finished collecting the hearts, we've collected the tails, um, what we do is we put our hearts underneath this middle bench mm. um, and we'll leave it there for a minimum of two weeks. Okay. Just to rest, just to age. Yes. Um, it's no secret within the spirit world that aged or rest spirits are better. You think whiskey, yes. scotch, brandy. Um, so why would we not do that with our gin? So we rest for a minimum oh. of two weeks our gin. Right. It just allows the um, all the flavours to settle. There's an alcoholic hotness not a temperature or a spicy right. but an alcoholic hotness off the still that dissipates and it settles right. gives you a smoother better quality gin so they stay under there once it's time everyone's brought lots of gin and I need to blend some more okay. down uh, we can uh, filter our own estate water okay. so we take we've got a machine up on the wall that takes uh, the dissolved solids from about 147 parts per million down to about three parts per million so we can use estate water to take it from about 81% alcohol down to the bottling strength of 40 Right. And then it's just a case of using our little vacuum pump and bottle washer over here mm. um, to, to fill the bottles. We hand cork them and then we, we sit and hand label them. Um, so everything's done on site. Yeah. Uh, very, very small, if carbon footprint. Mm. Um, and as a distillery, we have very, very little waste. Um, the only waste that we do get is from like washing, cleaning, yes. um, because we have our twin columns here, our two nine plate columns, which we then recycle cycle our waste alcohol so the heads and tails that we collect we then can recycle into a usable product it's amazing that just all of this happens in here that usable product tell me more about that in terms of the uh, the waste product that then isn't waste product yeah so it's it's my belief that i can make a drinkable product mm. from the waste right. um so again in the future at some point it will open us up to be able to make other products um on the estate we have a herd of the lincoln reds that we do our beef um but we've also started milking them and making cheese a byproduct of the cheese is whey which is just a complex sugar which we can break down and we can ferment so it means in the future i could make a whey vodka type drink um, but the main for me the reason i had them was to turn these heads and tails into a usable drinkable botanical spirit of some description and tell me about what i'm looking at on this shelf because obviously there's the products yep. that we know products that are all nicely labeled there's a lot with sticky notes on <laughs> just with uh yeah just tell me about this there's a lot going on a lot of dates a lot of this is the abv of this 
They look look prototypey. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of people call me like the Willy Wonka of the gin world. Um, I'll be lying in bed and I'll think of a flavour and I'll then next day get the kilner jars out and I'll give it a go. Um, so I've tried all sorts of weird and wonderful things from sea buckthorn to candy cane to I'm going to interject. What, what is sea buckthorn? You know, when, you know when you're walking along the coast and there's that spiky yellow bush on your shoreline? No. I do. How is, does that, that idea come from? Um, it's, it's a super fruit. Sea buckthorn's very, very good for you. Very high in antioxidants. So I thought, why not try and make a sea buckthorn gin? But it's one for the reject pile. It's, not, <laughs> it's kind of a cross between a mango and an orange in flavour. Right. But the smell is horrible. Nobody will smell it and go, oh, that smells really drinkable. It's not very Can we nice. smell it right now? Yeah, of course. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sea yeah. buckthorn. Say the first thing that comes into your brain. Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that came in. That is grim. It's kind of yeah. like a litter oh. tray. Kind yeah. Of cat litter tray kind of smell. Why did I go in for a second sniff? Why? Yeah, it's, it's not very nice. And I don't think it's very sellable. <laughs> these but, things happen trial and error but yeah. some of these definitely are and I'm referring to an apple based product that you kind of <laughs> let me in on before I started recording yeah so um John, the, the estate owner, mm. um, has spent a lot of his time over in Hungary. Yes. Um, Hungary's national drink is palinka. Mm. So he told me to try and make him some palinka. So I've made some apple palinka. Um, and then... I'm going to ask, I'm sorry I keep interrupting. What is palinka? Uh, palinka essentially is a schnapps or an eau de vie. Okay. So the Germans have schnapps, the French have eau de vie. It's essentially a brandy, okay. uh, an unaged fruit brandy. Nice. Um, but again, because... I like to do things a little bit differently. Mm. Um, I could age it in oak, but I didn't want to age it in oak and call it an apple brandy. So what I've done is, again, there's a there's a tree surgeon on the estate, so he's chipped me up some apple wood. Yes. So I'm currently aging the palinka in estate apple wood. Right. Um, again, it can't be called a brandy because brandy has to be oak for a minimum of three years. But it would be, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't decided what I'm going to call it if it, if it turns yeah. out. But it is insanely good. Very, it is insanely good. Absolutely, really good. So you mentioned it's the apple trees on the estate. How important to you is it as Master Distiller that everything stays in this radius? Like, and it really is true to itself in that way. Um, I think it's essential. Uh, the more we can do as an estate the better yeah. you know it, it's my hope down the line two or three years time that i can get paul the estate manager to grow me barley or grow me beet and i can then ferment that and i can create our own alcohol and then from that i can create our own products be it whiskey vodka gin mm. um, and we could literally have from field to bottle traceability yeah. grown on the estate for me that would be a dream um, to be able to say that this gin was made from a field next to the distillery so, yeah. it would be incredibly cool um so, yeah. how, how long have you been master distiller um so this is so i've been here since 2019 right uh, this is my first managerial right. um master distiller post um i have worked for two other gin companies uh, i've also done whiskey up on the isle of isla mm. uh, but i was always just going in and following somebody else's process yeah. um whereas john's kind of essentially gone here's my checkbook here's my faith um build me a distillery create me a brand um and yeah so and here we are here we are yeah five or six awards deep 
Well, that is actually what I was going to ask next. I'm looking at a couple of couple of awards, a couple yeah. of plaques. You want to you want to talk about those? Yeah. So last year, Marie Jeanne, our pink gin, mm. kind of swept up. She she won four major awards last year. Uh, the pinnacle of which was gold at the World Gin Awards in 2021. Um, she's the only flavoured gin, or she was the only flavoured gin in England to win gold last year at the World Gin Awards. And there was only one better English flavoured gin, uh, which is incredible to be to be fair. Um, so There's yeah, no bitterness there either. No. I will mention they are friends and yeah, say this yeah, is something yeah. else we spoke about. No, I, I know Laura who creates them, and um, I, I didn't mind losing because it is one of my personal favourites. So it's yeah. a it's a delicious gin. And then yeah, back end of last year in the beginning of this year, Burrells has started. So last year, Burrells was Burrells was named Drinks Product of the Year by the Lincolnshire Life Taste of Excellence Awards, uh, which was voted by their readers it wasn't something I entered which was really really special they had to nominate me and explain why and then the judges judged from that Mm. Um, and then this year he's won silver at the London Spirits competition um, which is incredibly um, cool Uh, just very humbling very very proud so yeah they they seem to be doing very well for a small Mm. Lincolnshire distillery in my garden (laughs) (laughs) see that's that's kind of what again what I wanted to ask things are looking great obviously we want to get to the point grow barley grow beet and we can we can do things like that but what does the immediate future look like for where we are now in terms of products anything you can tell me I'm not asking for you know all the secrets I was very hesitant to name some of the sticky notes I was looking at here I had to give the apple one away I do apologise the sticky ones uh, are alright oh the sticky ones are good yeah they may not see the light of day but um, (laughs) um, what does the future hold Mm. I I plan to release three more special releases this year Um, August's little spoilers probably not going to be a gin it'll be our first non-gin related product uh, which is something I'm working on and really excited about because it is delicious Um, (laughs) October's is going to be Sunning quite different, yes. quite punchy. Um, it's going to be, uh, I personally, it's one of my favourites out of all the ones mm. I've done. Uh, it's incredibly good. And then Christmas is just going to be a repeat of what I did last year because 200 bottles sold out in under five days. Um, so why not repeat it? And Don't mess with the classic. Try, well, just try other people. Let, let other people yeah. get a go this year, hopefully. Because <laughs> um, the demand was huge for it. So. That's a good question. Are you going to do more than 200 bottles of that this year? I'm thinking I possibly might. <laughs> Yeah, or make two batches and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes, but possibly we could make a little bit more this year. Yeah. I like how teasing cryptic those yeah. uh, those releases were there. Yeah. That was nice. Well, I don't want to say too much and then <laughs> let people down and disappoint if plans change, but um, if I have my way, I know the three, so nice we look forward to seeing them my friend yeah it'll be really good Tristan my friend if people do want to find out more about Massenburg Monday and get their hands on some of these incredible products where can they go to do that um, so yeah if you would like to find out more about us uh, please go over to social so we do Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, even LinkedIn um, I'm even on TikTok now um, it's all around the Massingbird Monday so our Instagram is Massingbird underscore Monday uh, but if you search for Massingbird Monday you'll find it um, also we're part of South Ormsby Estate so please do look up South Ormsby Estate the wider bigger picture Uh, and if people want to buy a bottle then they head to the South Ormsby Estate website um, and they just go to the gym page there and then they'll find all our products online Tristan you're the man thank you ever so much appreciate it my friend take care welcome Master Distiller Tristan Jorgensen of Massingbird Monday Distillery there friends to find out more about the distillery and the estate as a whole go to southormsbyestate.co.uk Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lincolnite podcast. Remember to share, review and subscribe. I've been Ronnie Byrne and we'll catch you next time.